Thankfulness uh, doesn't always come naturally for us. Someone has said the, the hardest arithmetic to master is that which enables us to count our blessings. Sometimes we're like the little boy who came uh, uh, home from a birthday party. And his mom met him at the door and, he, and asked, well, how was it? And he showed her all of the candy and all of the trinkets and all of the stuff that he'd gotten. And it was just amazing. And she said, wow, did you say thank you? Well, he said, I was going to. But when I was in line at the door and the girl ahead of me said thank you to the woman, the woman said, oh, don't mention it. So I didn't. An elementary school teacher was uh, trying to teach thankfulness to her students. So she asked them to write down all the things they could think of that they were thankful for. And then she walked up and down the aisles and kind of looked at what they had written. And she was impressed when she came to Chad's desk because at the top of his list was the word glasses. Glasses. She said, Chad, I'm happy to see you're thankful for your glasses. Why are you thankful for them? He said, well, they keep the boys from hitting me and the girls from kissing me. (laughs) Not a bad reason to be thankful. A famous English Bible scholar named Matthew Henry was once attacked by thieves and robbed of his wallet. And years ago, he wrote these words in his diary, let me be thankful. First, I was never robbed before. Second, although they took my wallet, they didn't take my life. Third, although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, let me be thankful because it was I who was robbed and not I who did the robbing. And I thought, that is important. I sometimes think we should ask each other, uh, what are you thankful for, instead of just saying to them, how are you today? What a different response that might elicit. What are you thankful for today? And you know that story in Luke chapter 17 that uh, Pastor Norb read a few moments ago? I don't have time to rehearse it this morning, uh, only to say that one of those lepers came back to say thank you to Jesus. And if you're not sure of the context, just kind of pull out your Bible and read it while I'm talking. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. Ten lepers were healed. They were probably like a little family of of guys finding support uh, from this awful disease which kept them isolated from their work and from their community and from their family. And if I could be really succinct this morning, I think the lesson that I'm in process of learning is that Thanksgiving is a way for me to draw back the curtains and to look out onto life and simply thank God that he's God. Thank God that he is at work and that he allows me the privilege to journey with him and he walks with me all along the unknown journey. And none of us know the journey that's ahead. None of us know the next step. But thank God for God that he's with us all the time. You see, it's often true that we try to do the arithmetic of counting blessings looking backwards. And that's important, too. I don't negate that. But can I challenge you this morning to see thankfulness 
as looking through a window and looking ahead. That's at the heart of thanksgiving, opening the door to a much greater blessing that God wants to give us. So let me just unpack that for you for a few moments this morning. I want to underscore just one verse for us to make the point. And it's from Luke chapter 17, verse 19, from the New Living Translation. And Jesus said to the man, this one man that came back, Jesus said to the man who obviously was kneeling before him, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. But I thought he was healed. The New International Version says, Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. But I thought he was healed. And then he said to him, Get up, on your way, your faith has healed and saved you. That's the message. And here's the Young's literal translation, renders it this way. And Jesus said to him, Having risen, be going on, thy faith has saved thee. Your faith has saved you. I checked a whole bunch of translations on on this verse, and we have strong agreement that this verse is pointing out something beyond the physical healing. I think it's the window that God wants to open up for us, for us to experience day by day. The window that opens up when thanksgiving fills our hearts. Jesus says to the the leper who is now healed, just to be clear, he is now healed and he has come back. He's Samaritan in ethnic origin and he comes back and he falls at the feet of Jesus and he says, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And Jesus, I'm improvising, says, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. Where's the other nine? Must have been such a delight to his heart that one came back. And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, the phrase made you well in the New International Version or made thee whole in the King James Version is a little Greek word, sozo means to save, translated to save. The noun form is soteria, used widely of salvation. Soteriology is the study of salvation. Sozo, in this context, means to preserve or to rescue. It means true wellness. It means true wholeness. And so to live sozo, not just so-so, but sozo, is to live the full life. Jesus came that we might live life to the full. He came to give us that full, whole life. And he received it, the leper did, and he returned thanks. It expresses the condition of the heart, his gratitude. So the passage hints at the fact that Jesus offers this leper more than others. They all received healing But this Samaritan receives a deeper salvation in addition. His faith prompted him to return to the feet of Jesus to give thanks. And that personal contact, that personal submission signifies a soul healing that is more than skin deep. 
what these guys were talking about this morning. Friends, this is incredible. I, don't miss this. Did you catch it this morning? Don't miss this for the rest of your life. Because the life of abundance in Jesus has a very direct connection to the gratitude we carry in our hearts. There is a connection. We only enter into the full life if our faith gives thanks. Thanksgiving is the evidence of our acceptance of whatever he gives. Now, I don't, I know, I don't understand all that comes our way. I would be the first to admit it. There's so much pain in the world today. I don't even try to answer some of those really tough situations in life. Because to give an answer would seemingly be so trite to try to figure out somebody's situation. But I do have to recommend a book for you that is worth the read. Every once in a while you come across a book that has the potential to be life-changing. And I think this is one of those books, and it's called 1,000 Gifts by Anne Voskamp. It's a story of finding life to the full through discovering how to be thankful. Now, this is no ordinary story. The father who lost his child in a farm accident, his little daughter, a vehicle ran over her in the farmyard, is filled with anger and simply says, if there is someone, he was sure asleep at the switch that day. But it's a story of coming to find trust and hope and eventually gratitude. And I want to recommend it to you for life change. Last week we had a communion service here. And you know that Jesus gave thanks for the bread and the cup, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. Jesus gave thanks for this tragedy that he knew was about to unfold in his life. He knew what was coming, the cross. But in his gratefulness, he rested in his Father's good pleasure and in the joy that he was walking near to the heart of the Father. And in the tragedy would come salvation. What does a grateful heart indicate? How can you look out the window to the future and have a thankful heart? Well, like the leper, you come to Jesus day by day and you say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, not for the tragic circumstances, but that in those tough circumstances, you find him to be there. You find him to be strong. You find him to be loving. And you know the path for the days ahead, and you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Over and beyond all the things that happening, uh, that happen, God is at work, and God is guiding, and God is bringing about his purposes. Job said he learned one thing in life, and that is the purposes of God would not be thwarted or frustrated. God will have his way. If we accept that, we'll always be able to give thanks. In her book, The Hiding Place, Corrie Ten Boom tells about an incident that taught her the principle of giving thanks in all things. It was during the Second World War, and Corrie and her sister Betsy had been harboring Jewish people in their homes, so they were arrested and they were imprisoned at Ravensbrook Camp. 
the barracks were extremely crowded and infested with fleas. And one morning they read in their tattered Bible from 1 Thessalonians the reminder that they were to rejoice in all things. And Betsy said, Corey, we've got to give thanks for the barracks and even for the fleas. And Corey replied, no way I'm going to thank God for those fleas. But Betsy was persuasive and they did thank God even for the fleas. And during the months that followed, they found out that their barracks were left relatively unsupervised. And they could do their Bible study and talk openly and even pray in the barracks. It was their only place of refuge. And several months later, they learned that the reason the guards never entered the barracks was because of those blasted fleas. You never know how the windows open. You've come to church this morning to give thanks. That's awesome. You could have done something else this morning. I put you in the class of that Samaritan who came back to say thank you. The man came and got a physical blessing the first time. In coming back the second time, he got the greatest blessing. And Jesus said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Spiritual blessings are even more important than physical blessings. Sometimes we don't believe that. But we ought to look around. Look at the people you know. Listen to what Mark said this morning. Ask yourself the question, do physical blessings make us happy? And most of the time the answer is, well, not really. It isn't the physical blessings, but the spiritual blessings that make people happy. It's what we need today. I know we're doing a lot of talk these days about double-dip recession and depression, and we're talking about that so much that I think we're going to bring it forward if we don't leave it alone. But it's the conversation these days is what's happening in our economy. But maybe it's even in this time that we need to come back to the realization of the blessings of God, our spiritual blessings. If some of you can remember the Second World War, it was a time when people started coming back to church as they had never done before. From the mid-1940s up until 1950s, churches across this land were absolutely filled with people. And then at the last part of the 1950s, we started to fade again in our church attendance. We decided we didn't need God anymore. And in going to church... You're like this man who came back and said, Thank you, Lord. I recognize the spiritual blessings. The spiritual component of our lives is absolutely important. Thanksgiving is not only looking back on the blessings you've received. Thanksgiving is looking forward to the blessings that you can receive. Go your way. Your faith has made you well, has made you whole.